Welcome, everyone, to the Chasing Campfires podcast. As usual, I am Nick. And I'm Tommy. And I'm Frank. Frank's busy blowing smoke rings. From a hookah. And I'm Robert. Hey, Robert. Welcome to the podcast, guys. <laughs> Thank you. So we are sitting out here on your land near Austin, Texas. Yeah. Right? Valkyrie, Valkyrie Ranch. Ranch. Just yes. 30, 30 minutes from downtown Austin. But, but it's like we're in freaking Africa or something. Yeah, because there's a whole ton of shit out here. That yeah, we got new we got new shirts coming where we've uh, modified the Jurassic Park logo. What? Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, it's got a it's got a Pier David where the dinosaur is supposed to be, no. and then uh, the same background to it, and then instead of Jurassic Park, it says Valkyrie Ranch, but in the same font. Can we talk about how I got um, confused because I thought Pierre the Pierre David was a freaking elk, and I was yeah. like, oh, you have elk here? That's so cool. No, we have Pierre Davids. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about the Pierre Davids. Uh, they are a uh, extinct species of deer, and uh, they come from China. And they were uh, the rest of them were all wiped out through lots of hunting over millennia, and then a whole series of strange catastrophes because the Chinese emperor decided to move them all to his private hunting uh, island, which was walled in. And then there was like a particularly evilly cold winter and a giant tsunami. And uh, that was the end of uh, them in China. But luckily, uh, it was also about the same time period of uh, zoos in Europe. And uh, during relationship building with the emperor of China, they had convinced him to give them like 18 or something like that all across uh, Europe that were still in zoos. And then uh, an English duke bought them all and brought them up to his estate and bred them back uh, kind of into existence, Uh, wound up giving... I think it was like 20 of them to the Chinese in the 1980s. And they've managed to turn that plus some that they got from Texas. Cause also somewhere along the line, uh, whoever the Duke's family was, uh, in England, uh, must've known somebody in Texas and gave some to Texans. And I Tex- wish I was surprised. Yeah, no, yeah. And yeah, it's not. <laughs> so and then, Texas uh, yeah, knew the Duke of England, <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. Like, you know, uh, and I think it's the Duke of Edinburgh. Uh, and then the, um, Texans being Texans, they just bred the hell out of them. So there's like several thousand in Texas, of which we uh, we have uh, like twenty something. <laughs> <laughs> the untimely phone call. That's cool though. So didn't you say that the the Pierre Davids just like came with the ranch like an awkward piano in a big house? <laughs> <laughs> no, we um, we bought the first one uh, the same day that we closed on the ranch, and. Uh, <clears throat> We were trying to coordinate with the guy that we bought it from to deliver it to the ranch. And uh, we the, the closing, like all closings, ran long. So we're, we're texting back and forth. I'm like, hey, I'll let you know when we're out of here because we want to meet you at the ranch. And I want to show you where I want him to release because I thought it made a difference because I was new to ranching. And um, I wanted them released by the lake. It's and not like Grubhub where you just leave it at the front door. No, they, yeah, <laughs> they don't just leave them in like a little brown bag. Uh, it's kind of big anyway. And uh, so... As I'm texting with the guy, I keep calling it a stag, right? Because it looked like a red stag to me. And I thought I was buying another red stag because I like them. And there was already a bunch on the ranch. And he goes, uh, at one point, he goes, hey, you keep calling it a stag. You know, this is a Pierre David, right? And like everybody in the modern age, I I went to Google really fast on my phone uh, and like looked up Pierre David and then went back to our chat on Facebook and was like, oh, well, of course it's a Pierre David. (laughs) (laughs) So we accidentally got into having Pierre Davids on the ranch. Well, I remember I remember seeing Pierre and being like, that's a weird looking elk. And that, that explains a lot. So yeah, his, his antlers go backwards and everything. Yeah. 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 And he, he is jumped. a magnificent yeah. creature. Yeah. yeah, he's a magnificent beast. He's huge. Yeah. He's yeah. the same yeah. size as all the horses. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And didn't you say great. he juggles quote sticks? Yeah, sticks. he when we uh, so when we first got him, there were no other peers, and they're herd animals, and uh, so he kept trying to herd up with all the other things. Like he tried herding up with uh, the rams and the horses and the wildebeests and the black bucks and some other species of deer, and they eventually all I think I don't know if they kicked him out or he just realized he's not one of them. And then he was walking around for a period where he was just bored and alone, and he uh, kept picking up this long tree branch, right? And he, like a serious tree branch, and he would pick it up in his antlers, and he would juggle it and throw it up into the air and watch it and pick it up and repeat. And that's what he would do, like all day long, just like a kid with a soccer ball, like all over the ranch. So we were like, oh, we should get him some girlfriends. Right, so we bought a couple cows, <laughs> and then the yeah, and then the next spring there were, there were no babies, and we were like, oh, "That's weird," because I remember from health class, what you kind of need is a, <laughs> yeah. a boy and a bird and, and, and a, a girl, a bird and a bee that like and each the other. Comes. Yeah, and then the stork and poof, and um, we got in touch with another group of people that were um, breeding them, and found out that uh, that we learned a new term: they're lazy breeders. So um, what we needed to do was uh, get a second male. A little bit of Viagra. Yeah, because it gets their testosterone up. So even though the, the girls are walking around and they're, they're all in estrus and so forth, like the, the boy doesn't care because his testosterone is like on zero, right? So as soon as we get another uh, bull, which is named Pascal, uh, Pascal and Pierre then started to fight each other at the right time, and then game was on. And from one end of this ranch to the other, it was on. Um, it sounds a lot yeah. like 6th Street. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting. I, it, it really threw me off, how again, how big he was. I was like, what in the hell Yeah, and then everybody who comes out here loves seeing him because they're in the lakes all the time, and they're pretty calm, so they don't really care too much if you're near them. Just don't yeah. try to touch them. Well, and they look ancient. Yeah. They, oh, they, they are ancient. They look yeah, like yeah. they're from another time. Yeah. Like, like a I said, complete I, other time, you, you step back in time. I thought it yeah. was an old elk. Yeah, they have yeah. that like wiry coat. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's weird. Yeah. But I mean, they're, I, I thought, thought you had one you just really needed to put down, but you're really attached to, it and you just couldn't do it. No, and they they kind of move in slow motion until they move, and then they outrun the uh, thoroughbred horses on the ranch. They're wow. fast as hell. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But until they need to, they kind of just they know they're some of the biggest things out here, and nothing can bother them, that's and that, that's how, how they treat life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similarly. Yeah, I've yeah. seen you in HEB before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Snail pace unless I have to be. Yeah. 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 And then I'm. You know, I mean, when you're six foot six and, you know, that muscular, it's you, you pretty much can just walk around. That was going to bother you. Yeah. No. Yeah. The I last can't. pack of sausage, I'm on my way. And the, <laughs> and the best and ripest avocados in the bin. Yes. They're yes. mine. Yes. I'm at the top of the food chain. I earned this. Yeah. Yes. Much like Pierre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, Frank, what else do you do with the land? Because we were talking and, and the, everything that you told me that you do, I was like, oh, this place is like really a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Yeah. We host uh, a couple different events out here. So we have a Viking festival because we have a winery that makes mead and cider. Um, so for us, it's kind of a marketing piece, but it's also kind of our passion. Like we go to a lot of run fairs and that's where we sell a lot of our product into. Um, and then we do uh, weddings uh, out here. Uh, we let other people host events. We have a reggae festival uh, that comes out here. And oh, then cool. uh, the regional burners put on one of their regional burns called Freezer Burn. Uh, here on some of our southern acreage. So for one weekend a year where we host, you know, 3,000 burners and all their art that they come in with. And last year they uh, had a full-size pirate ship in the middle of the <laughs> field and then set it on fire and did like a 45-minute long, like the most epic fireworks show I've ever seen in my life. It was off the hook. We yeah. need to... Here all these dates so people can come out and we can come out ourselves. Yeah. Actually, more. I want to see a giant pirate ship went on fire. Uh, yeah. They're not going to yeah. do that again. Whatever it is, is whatever, there'll be a new big fiery thing. Yeah. I mean, hey, 
Can we? Yeah. That's fine. Can yeah. you set something on fire in the middle of the lake? I mean, uh, we are actually talking about uh, as they are modifying legislation. We are looking at doing like Viking funerals on the lake. That would be um, cool. yeah. So during the Viking Fest, we kind of got the idea because uh, we uh, have a huge uh, bonfire that we set off for Yule because we do an actual Yule blot. Um, so there's a huge, huge bonfire. And uh, this year we were looking for a great way to work it into the whole ceremony. And um, a lot of my friends, I do a lot of archery, um, primitive archery and so forth. And uh, we lined the entire outskirts of the lake uh, with like 20 or 30 archers. And uh, the crowd didn't see them because it was dark, of course, outside. And what we did is we actually had an archer walk up the middle of the stage that we have built out there. And we had a big, amazing band going and they're they're all you know uh, acoustic instruments and so forth playing that type of music and uh we had a scald like doing a an oral narration uh, in you know of of nordic tales and so forth for the blot and um <clears throat> we have a, a cast member who uh looks better than floki on television he's a better floki than floki and uh he was narrating and so forth and everybody sees the archer come up and he's all in garb of course and so forth and he uh has a single arrow which of course he lights and everybody gets excited because it's pretty obvious he's about to shoot it into the bonfire and he draws up on it and instead of shooting it in at the last second he raises the bow up and shoots it in a huge arc through the air and everybody, of course, is now watching this arrow, clearly not going to make its mark. And it's just going way up into the air and it kind of futzes out, you know, when it's up there. And as their eyes come down, unbeknownst to them, there were other archers all around the lake. And now all of a sudden, all of their arrows are on fire on called command in a single volley. 20 arrows shot from all over the lake into the bonfire and it just exploded because of course we've doused it in white fuel but uh, it was <laughs> nice. it was it was insane there were people how literally howling it, That's was, so it was so awesome yeah so we, we do little stunts like that so we were thinking what else would be awesome we could do viking funerals where you know you kind of float out there on a little viking you know barge built for for you and uh we set you on fire yeah uh, preferably after well that's why it's a funeral after you've yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, it's not sounds? a viking killing <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean so the meat is amazing and the cider in, in my opinion is a, i like cider better but yeah. like so so where where can how did you get started and where can people find it um so we got started the brand is actually over 10 years old uh it's thorns viking um, and you can get it at specs all over the state of Texas. Um, and we're trying to get into HEB and so forth right now. Um, but we wound up buying the ranch actually, because we needed to have our own winery. We were working at a flat Creek winery out in the hill country mm -hmm. and, uh, the demand for the product rose so much, uh, over the years that we, uh, literally realized if we weren't making our own constantly, we couldn't grow the company. So we came out here and we can now do uh, 6,000 something gallons uh, in a single shot. So wow. we, now, we now can produce more mead than the United States consumes in like two months. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. was going to say, I mean. So everybody learn, learn to like mead, please. Yeah, you can make a lot of it. I mean, I like it. Yeah. Can anybody find it online? Yes. Uh, you can go to thorinsmead.com. And uh, you can click on the link that says Get Mead, and you can uh, buy it. And at the end of this month, you can actually even sign up for our first ever uh, wine club, where we will just constantly send it to you. Very so, yeah. nice. And Very what's nice. the URL? Uh, it's thornsmead.com. That's T-H-O-R-I-N-S. 
I mean, if, yeah. if my fiance hears that the shit would just show up at the house, I am screwed. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She did like it on the very first. We can uh, yeah. we can send it to somebody who's not you, but at your address, and you can just pretend <laughs> like it's free meat. Yeah, it's yeah. like, well, I don't know. It must be for the person who lived here before, or. I could spend that. Had a similar you might have to get address. a fake ID for that, but that's all right. Oh, no, you don't have to, you don't have to sign for it. That's the great part. Yeah. Just leave three bottles. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word. Or a whole case. If you want to hold, really we'll send work. cases. <laughs> or you could just swing by. We'll sell it to you here, too. You can yeah, go to the ranch. That. Yeah, that's yeah. probably a lot easier. Yeah. We come out here. Yeah, we even take credit we can cards. Camp on the it's all kinds of modern. <laughs> y'all, are, y'all are high class. <laughs> yeah, <that's> fancy. <laughs> I, um, I, so you are also in the, to keep on with the Viking theme, which is freaking cool. You're also building a restaurant. Yes. And it's, you said it's going to be Brazilian barbecue. It's, it's, well, it's going to be a uh, wild game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the restaurant isn't technically a restaurant for anybody from the state listening. It is going to be an extension of the winery. So you pay for a large tasting and with the tasting comes game meat and entertainment. And it's mm-hmm. going to be a Viking style longhouse with a fire pit down the middle. Um, so there'll be and rotisserie now you're animals. Me this? I, well, yeah, I thought, <laughs> Sorry, you know, I thought I'd save it, you know. And then we're also going to hold uh, conventions there because I just told Robert. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that sounds terrible. I don't want to come back. Like just an influx of elk yeah. and venison sounds bad just that and wild boar and yeah. stuff like it's just gonna be so know. delicious i don't know man yeah i think i'm, I'm not gonna come back yeah <laughs> yeah no 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 sound there. Yeah. yeah i mean yeah i mean you guys so you have pierre david's mm-hmm. which won't be on the menu we're, we're actually a sanctuary for them i was gonna say <laughs> so, yeah that whole thing where you don't like name your livestock because you like you don't yeah. want to go put Bessie or whatever. You yeah, it's, it's really hard. My wife comes out and she keeps naming everything. Uh, we ended up with two rams because she fell in love with them and gave them names. And then I heard her one day professing to them that she hopes that they're alive next week. They didn't belong to us. And uh, she said, well, you know, she named them uh, McDreamy because one has pretty eyes. And the other one is called Scaredy Spice because he's afraid of everything. And uh, one day I come out and she's like, McDreamy and Scaredy, I love you guys. I hope you're here next weekend when I come back. And I had to call up the guy who owned them and bought them that day. <laughs> so, And she keeps going on. She just names everybody. And then we, then she comes back and she has a picture of them. And she's like, this one is now named Steve. Right. And we're like, okay. Oh, Steve. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so ram kebabs were like never a thing. They're not going to be those two. That's yeah. for sure. All right. Yeah. Well, I think that is fair. <laughs> that that's That's fair. What name should we go with with the llama? I think I really liked uh, Osama bin Lama. Osama bin Lama. Because yeah. he was kind of a jackass. And, and our llama is a jackass. He's, our, he's a guard llama. So. I, I like yeah. names that are like ironic but named after people. I was downtown one night after a few adult beverages getting ice cream. As, and as you were known to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and growing up, we had boxers, like mm-hmm. the dogs. Not like Mike Tyson's in the house. I mean, That'd be weird. That's kind of both. extravagant. Yeah. But okay. So we had boxers and... <laughs> Uh, this woman uh, walked up uh, and she was walking a boxer and I was like, oh, can I pet her? What's her name? And she was like, her name's Karen. And I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> this dog's named Karen. <laughs> I got way too excited about that. Like, <laughs> is Karen going to complain that I'm walking by too fast? I think a Karen what, might. Without treats or pets. I think a Karen would. Wait, yeah. is that the entirety of that story? That's it. Nice. Needs more. <laughs> needs more. I'm going to work on short stories like you do. I think they're more engaging. <laughs> like they're, they're they're more like proverbs. Oh, yes. yeah. oh I yes. like it. When you spin it like that, it sounds a lot 
more thoughtful rather okay. than just, you know, a one sentence long. So like, BS. do I have to start it like from the book of Valkyrie ranch 15 to 19 and mm-hmm. then tell my pro. Okay. I think so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, you should break it up into like chronicles. Perfect. Yeah. I like it, it could just be the fables. Of oh, Valkyrie oh, I ranch. like it even better. Oh, there you yeah. go. This sounds like a weird text based. Yeah. I was thinking about starting a blog <laughs> called, uh, and then I bought a ranch, uh, to be like the transition from like security guy to, uh, now owning a ranch and having mm-hmm. to learn ranching in my forties, yeah. um, which has been uh, marvelous. And, uh, we've got a bunch of little shorts, uh, that we've had to record because we've had so many, just absolutely nobody would believe it. Um, we had an archery group out here that was, uh, teaching people mounted archery and they put out a post to the Renaissance community that they were teaching out here. And it was an open invitation to come and learn. And, um, a particular individual, uh, and his girlfriend decided to come out completely in garb. And by garb, I don't just mean like what most people would wear to a Renaissance fair. He showed up looking like a Lothlorien elf from Lord of the Rings, like contacts <laughs> in the whole thing, which oh, wow. for this group of people isn't actually that bad. We were all like, okay, cool. But he came up to the front gate and couldn't figure out how to get it open because it's a mechanical gate. And the instructions were to call the number and one of the people would come up to the gate and open the gate and let you in. And he, um, in kind of this furious rage, like forced the gate open so he could get in. And ironically, I had just been working on the gate so much like it is right now because I was just up there. It, there was a bunch of tools and there was a there was a small sledgehammer and he went to town on the mechanical <laughs> arm until he it really broke. wanted to shoot from from a horse. Yeah, so. yeah. And then they came in and of course somebody came to get me because the gate was physically broken, right? And I looked at the security footage and everything and I saw what had happened and I went and approached the guy. Long story short, the sheriff's department had to get involved. Um, but uh, so I met the sheriff's deputies up at the front of the ranch and they were like, so what does the guy look like? Because I told them there was a bunch of people back here and they were going to come talk to him. And I was uh, like, go well, find Legolas. He's over I, there I literally, I literally looked at the guy and go, have you seen Lord of the Rings? <laughs> you know, and uh, so that chapter, when we finally get around to it, will be and then elves attack the gate, <laughs> right? So, so this this totally this totally needs to be. <laughs> I, I, it's yeah. like the Battle of Helm's Deep, but not quite as epic and a little more ironic. But like, okay, I'm just. Yeah playing that out in my head, like the images of it. And it's kind of funny. Yeah, no, there were, there were comments from him like, uh, well, I don't understand what the big deal is. Aren't you ranchers? Can't you just weld? Oh, like we no. could just, you know, wow. sure. I'll yeah. just, I'll just go spend the next day redoing what I spent a week building. Yeah, sure. Why not? You know? yeah. Well, I <laughs> just mean, just cause wow. I can. Yeah. <laughs> I heard you had candy in your house. I broke the front door down. It's not a big deal, right? Yeah. No, big deal. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All yeah, right. So anyway, yeah. So when, uh, eventually I'll get around to, and then I bought a ranch. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> All right. <laughs> but then you also bought a Hummer. Yeah. Which I'm not obsessed with at all. No, not at all. The, the Hummer came that first. That Hummer is awesome. Yeah. It's, it, it is, it is a, what, 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 give us a rundown because I don't want to bastardize your, your dream truck. Yeah. It's a uh, 2006 H1 Alpha. Uh, so it's got the, you know, the big six, six Duramax diesel in it and the five speed Allison transmission. So it, it's a Hummer that hauls ass. Um, and we, we, I actually use it, uh, which freaks a lot of the H1 community out. Um, so, I mean, we've pulled the tractor out of the mud with it several times, uh, nice. which is always, because uh, it's a pretty big tractor, so that was pretty epic. Um, and I drive it all over the ranch. Like, I'll camp in it and stuff like that. And uh, it's got, you know, Texas pinstripes on the side from going, mm-hmm. you know, down past the Yopon bushes and stuff like that. So, I yeah. picked up a few today as well. Yeah. Exploring around the ranch. I saw you do that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well... That won't buff out, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's, uh, it's also yeah, I think that the, the trails are a bit more conducive to a Wrangler versus an H1. So yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Do you find a good spot to camp. Oh, I mean, we've we've camped. I mean, I think 
that spot up on the hill is awesome. Yeah, um, the hill spot is is pretty fan- fantastic. Yeah. yeah, we were coming up uh, the, the last time we camped here. We were coming up from from the lodge, and there were I, I don't even know how many antelope bedded down on that hill mm-hmm. in front of where we were camping, which is really cool. Um, and then Pierre was just hanging out in the middle of them, and he was like, "What? Yeah, like what's the big deal?" What are you looking at? When, yeah. when are these guys going to get bigger? Yeah. <laughs> they only come up to my knees. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty small. I'm a big one here. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah uh, it's actually pretty epic. We get that from a lot of the campers, right? They they wake up, or a lot of people that stay in the cabins and stuff, and they're like, oh my God, we, we you know, especially um, during the time of year when there's fog everywhere, uh, pretty much every morning, they, they wake up and there's this beautiful fog and the sunrise or the sunsets are amazing as well. But then they're just like, how are we 30 minutes outside of Austin? Yeah. And like, I just came out of my tent and there's like a field full of like miniature antelopes or like the wildebeests just kind of trotted by. And oh, the wildebeests know. are fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I like when you're driving up to them, they like look at you like they're just pissed that you're there in general. Yeah. And they lower the head and you're like, please, please don't. No. Yeah, like did. if I call my insurance company and I'm like, look, look, so, uh, <laughs> so I was in about, about the Wrangler. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's totaled. It's it got totaled. rammed multiple times by a, pissed off wildebeest. wildebeest they're gonna be like sir <laughs> i don't know what you're on when, when when they ask you was it a blue wildebeest or a black wildebeest because they're trying to figure out which one their coverage is for just mm-hmm. uh just be like it was a blue one because they're the non-aggressives but yeah so that's like the ficus joke right? you're like what kind of tree hit your car and you're like it was an oak and they're like we only cover ficus <laughs> <laughs> which tree hit your car, car. you're like yeah. oh, it was a blue wildebeest yeah we uh when we had the, the viking festival last year so the whole idea of the Viking festival is, uh, you know, the, the prelude is like, uh, you know, the, there's, there's, you know, Nordic people on Viking, right. Cause Vikings a verb, not a noun. And, uh, so, so the entire village is supposed to be tense. It's supposed to be temporary. Right. And, uh, the vendors and everybody were all sleeping and I decided it was a beautiful foggy morning and we had all these gorgeous Viking tents and just, just canvas tents are just so beautiful all over that hill. Right. And I decided to like launch the drone and get some aerial footage, right, of like the setup to use like in future marketing videos and so forth. And I start to fly over there and I don't know, I'm probably like maybe a hundred feet up or something just so I could see through the fog and I could still see the drone. And I, I look down and see what the camera is recording and the whole herd of wildebeests are like in a single column file walking through all the tents where the vendors oh, and stuff what? are. And I swear to God, the head... The head wildebeest is at the front, and and I'm just watching him move his head from side to side as he's walking, and I'm just standing there looking at the video, and I'm now I'm hovering because I've stopped flying because I'm just watching this spectacle, and I'm just luckily it doesn't record audio or maybe it should because I'm sitting there and I'm like, and I could fuck that up, and I could fuck that up, and over there I could fuck that up too. And fuck this tent. <laughs> I'm fuck. coming back for that tent. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. this tent in particular. I, yeah. I really, I really thought that story would go differently. I thought you were gonna say, and then I triggered a stampede. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've seen remember Lion King, mufasa yeah. we've all seen lion king it doesn't go well <laughs> we uh so tommy and i um and a, and a bunch of other people um did this epic trip out to new mexico not too long ago and one of the nights we were out there um the i think we camped at like nine thousand feet the milky way was just ridiculous that night mm-hmm. and we were all sitting out and we were drinking we're just staring up no not us well that's that's crazy we don't drink Um, (laughs) i've never come by your camp and you were drinking i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) nope good wholesome water drinking guys that's right i got my water right there um and we were just like staring up at the sky and then we went to bed and tommy was camped like i don't tommy's truck was 
10, 15 feet from mine. Is this in the valley? That yeah, we're about? yeah. 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 And we're like half asleep. And all of a sudden, like my, my last fleeting thought was, what is that noise? And the elk were just bugling oh, that yeah. was at the top of their lungs. Night. And I was like, Tommy, Tommy, you hearing that? And he was like, whoa, <laughs> it was so cool. But yeah. then waking up here or going to bed here, you can, <laughs> yeah. you're laying there and you're like, what fucking animal is making that noise? And how close is it? Yeah. <laughs> and you're I like, make, maybe I should look out and make sure I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and cause you guys have way more than just the, Oh, we got all kinds of things out here. Last yeah. weekend we had uh, a very large group of campers out on uh, that lake. This is way out West of us. Um, it's a beautiful location, very hidden and so forth. And I went out to check on them uh, the next day and we brought them some mead and cider and stuff like that. And they were like, yeah, um, you know, last night we heard this woman, like, like this woman's like voice, like screaming. And I was like, uh, okay. And oh yeah, a couple of the guys went off into the woods looking to see if there was like some woman back there or something. And I was like, and I kind of did what I thought the, they heard. And they were like, yeah, that's exactly it. And I was like, um, like you've been keeping your dogs on leashes, right? Because that's one of the main rules out here. And they're like, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, you know, during the during the evening, we kind of brought them in our tents. And I'm like, no, 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 like on leashes, right? And they're like, no. And I went, okay, what you heard is a bobcat. It's a huge bobcat. We've seen it on the game cameras all the time. It's going to eat your little dogs. Like <laughs> that, that noise that it's making is like one of the noises like Bob, like, and like ah, it's like a woman screaming, like, like she needs help. And they were like, holy crap. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm glad you guys didn't come across it because it, <laughs> if you scared it, <laughs> like it'll, you know, you are in the wilderness. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, There's, so. it, speaking of large cats, I'm looking at this giant mountain lion behind you. That's not, that's not alive. Don't worry. It's not alive. Uh, and it and had a hat on earlier, which it did. Cool. Yeah. Oh, oh, it, I wanted to put yeah. my sunglasses on it because oh, it's it it's. I found it wearing giant sunglasses and party hats for the longest time. It had a unicorn uh, knit cap. Very it was kind of kind of awesome. Yeah. It's kind of like a jackalope, yeah. but awesome. yeah, yeah. And then so like during the Viking Fest, this gets turned into oddly enough, and it was kind of as a big surprise, a massive hookah bar and a coffee shop. Right, because it's one of the only indoor buildings that's that's large and so forth. And uh, so the the group that. We, we lease it to, to do that, um, you know, decorates because it looks like you're in a hookah bar. So it's just scarfs and everything everywhere. And they had decorated all the mounts in the lodge. Like everybody had like a tie dyed scarf on and sun. It was absolutely hilarious. So yeah, I thought they were at first, I thought they were not going to like it because of that. And they just, they just basically worked it all in. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, my, my fiance and I just got back well, not too, too long, about a month ago from a trip to, um, Utah, Idaho and Wyoming. And we were talking about like, what would you do if we were on a trail and you saw a grizzly? And I was like, I don't know, stand up. Like I'm pretty big, <laughs> me being arrogant and naive. Yeah. Um, but, but when I'm like, what would I do if I saw a bobcat? And I was like, well, I hope I don't have a full bladder. Cause that's the end of that. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm looking at that cougar and I'm like, I'm way more afraid of you than I have a bear. <laughs> oh yeah. Those things are oh, huge. Yeah, yeah. Like, man, no, thanks. That's a hard yeah. pass. They're very lithe too. Yeah. yeah. They can just, move between things in ways you just can't even yeah and they don't make a sound no like they'll just kill you you won't even know Did you see yeah. that video that came out not too long ago it was oh the guy go walking down the trail with yeah. the with the mountain lion following yeah. Him? yeah and then he would turn around and it would like lunge at him and like you could just physically visibly see the claws that are out um and i was like yeah no that would be i would i would yeah. just have a heart attack i'd be done oh yeah i'd be lunch for the for the cougar yeah yeah i mean sometimes we get cougars out here I was uh, walking along one day and there's a cougar maybe 50 yards out ish but 
it didn't know that we could see it, and so it was kind of being a little like coy. <clears throat> we had some fairly short human beings in our little group that we were walking along, and it was eyeing them. And, and then it realized we could see it, and it's like, oh, 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 you know, <laughs> you know, back up and run. But the the tail, which you can see there, the tail, you don't really picture it until it moves, but it's a, it's about as thick as a baseball bat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the, and you can tell when it when it walks how much weight is physically in the tail. It's not mm-hmm. it's not really that much fur. It's actually muscle and yeah. bone. And so, just that part alone is kind of scary when you see it actually moving around. You're like that thing's very deadly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so I grew up in New England, and you know, I've been avid. Avidly mountain biking since I was like 12 or 13 and um, around my parents' house. like a gazelle all bent over like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Around my parents' house, there's a lot of conservation land. And in the the past years, because of all of the legislation and whatnot on, you know, the hunting lottery for, for bear tags and, you know, moose tags, the population has skyrocketed, especially in suburban areas. So, you know, just like up on this trail one day I'm sitting on a rock having some water and I'm like oh someone's walking through the woods and I look over and just the black bear just walking up a hill next to me and I was like okay that's cool and then but yeah. but to be perfectly clear to anybody listening we don't have a lot of scary deadly things out here so you're just you're, it's very safe to come camping <laughs> no it's very safe the last night we camped here we were, we were sitting there and we had the fire going and the fire was getting low and it was like 11pm and we were like what was that fucking noise what was that what was that and you get in your tent and you're like what is that? Yeah. And you're like, it's an antelope. It's well, especially right now, you got so many of the different deer species are starting to get under rut. Mm. And uh, we've got a we've got a group of fallow in uh, one of the breeding areas. And uh, he's already started. Like I, I took took these guys around to, to see them today. And they're very, getting very uh, vocal communicating with each other all day long. But uh, as, it, as the evening will start to cool off, uh, he'll start to warm up, uh, so to speak. And he mm. will start letting the ladies know. Uh, through this like bugling honking thing that he does, and kind of like the men on Instagram in Austin. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. As soon as they're like, hey, yeah. so you're a lady. Hey, hey so, uh, hey, uh, so you look swipe beautiful. Swipe left, swipe right. Hey, so, hey, hey, yeah, your eyes are great. Has anybody ever told you that you're breathtaking? Yeah. So he's pretty much doing the exact same kind of thing. And I get those uh, messages every day. I'm so glad I've been married for like 28 years. I don't have to worry about this. So anyway, there's so like, um, you know, but last year I didn't know that. It, he was doing that and nobody else had told me. And uh, like when I'm out here so that I don't take one of the cabins and stuff that we have for rental, uh, I stay in, I have like a little RV, like a 22 foot RV that I I use as kind of like my little hotel room. And it happens to be like right next to where these guys live and like nonstop, like just nonstop. And what this sound is coming through the wall. What species was this again? He's a, he's a fallow deer. So they're from Europe. Yeah. Okay. So uh, really yeah. cute. Yeah, they're yeah. they're adorable. They look like little tiny mooses. Yeah, oh, I don't think I've seen those out here yet. Oh. Yeah, they have paddle side paddle shaped horns or antlers rather. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. But but then um, earlier in the year, the Pierres and both the men and the women in the Pierre group, uh, they also use it during the evening to uh, when they can't when it's dark to call out so predators know that they're all around because uh, the group will spread out uh, a little bit and the kids stay kind of in the middle. And, um, as they move through a field, like these, the areas where campers stay and so forth, um, 
you'll first will hear clicking like castanets because their feet are webbed because they're semi-aquatic deer, right? So as they, I thought he as, just had arthritis. No, as as their foot comes up, their toes click together because yeah. they still have the horn. Yeah, on, we the, heard that. Yeah, on yeah. Saturday night. Last yeah, night. click click yeah. click 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 click, and uh, and then they'll start uh, kind of barking to each other. like from all different directions. And it's actually, uh, even if one is doing it, you generally can't quite pinpoint it. It's kind of an, you know, like an omnipresent sound, but when they all start doing it, you you don't know if there's like two or 10,000 of them around you. All you know is it's really dark and you you don't want to get in the way of something that weighs 1500 pounds. Right. And going, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I mean, so how is from a fellow infosec professional uh, and, and surprise, surprise podcast. I do that for a living. Um, Three fourths of the people on this podcast are infosec professionals. This is awesome. Holy shit. That is true. How did you, how did you get here? Cause, cause I, I mean, most people that I, that I've worked with and that I know in infosec, huh? they're just fucking interesting people. Yeah. And so, so I'm always, interested to hear, you know, outside of work, like what got you to hobby X, Y, and Z or like what, what did it? Yeah. Um, I, how'd you buy the ranch? Yeah. The, the money. <laughs> cash, yeah. cash, cash money. money, maybe. No, <laughs> well, uh, well, not the process. Huge loans. Not, like, not his own money. Like, not my, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the security well, part comes Yeah. From. Let's, let's just say that, uh, during my career, I've been very fortunate. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, Robert here's done a lot of more entrepreneurial work, like starting and building companies and like really, really good companies. And, uh, also doing like the 22 years plus that you've been in, I think you've done pretty much everything. And, and so Robert, have I, talk. right. <laughs> and, uh, and, but I've always done, um, uh, the focus of my emphasis has always been on intellectual property protection, uh, within large entertainment companies. So early on in my career, so you're like deal, like DLP data protection stuff at a large scale. Oh yeah. Yeah. But cool. even long before we, we called it that, or even like, how do we handle digital assets and so forth? So, um, early on in my career, I was very fortunate. And in the nineties, I'd started working for this little tiny software development company called electronic arts. And I wound up building and running their infosec program, uh, before then moving on to the motion picture industry and doing the same thing. And then now I'm in casino gaming and, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say back in the day that my salary was, was phenomenal. You know, uh, especially as a 20 something year old working for EA. But what I was very fortunate of was the stock options Mm. that I was given back in the 90s and the fact that they split two to one like five times uh, before I sold them. So while I didn't, you know, I wasn't an executive with them at that time. So I didn't get like that kind of a stock grant, but because it split so many times and they kept running. um, So when I went to work for the motion picture industry, um, unlike EA, they wouldn't let me like fly back and forth to California. Um, so I had to go live in Los Angeles and, um, <clears throat> I still remember the conversation looking at my wife and going, okay, I know we don't want to live in Los Angeles, but I have to be there for work. So rent is outrageous. So how about we just buy like a condo? And that was during the, uh, subprime market crash. Mm. And, uh, so I was able to pick up a, a really oh, nice pen on the bottom. Oh, the downside. like, like the below bottom. the bottom, the, uh, okay. <clears throat> the building, <clears throat> the building that I bought into Two weeks before, on a whim, I had gone with my real estate agent to look at it. And uh, the main penthouse in the building had a good friend of mine uh, who's an executive for a rather large uh, recording uh, company. Um, he was with me, uh, and he looked at the woman, <laughs> the, the the real estate agent that was showing the main penthouse because the building was still being finished, right? And he looked at her, and I think they were asking like one six, no, no, a million eight for it or something crazy like that. 
And, you know, and he looked at it, he kind of liked it. And he goes, you know, he has like a nasally voice. So he was like, ah, how about I write you a check for one six right now? And she told him where he could stuff the check for one six. She was like, the bidding starts at one eight. And he was like, no, no, I'm telling you, I'll write you a check for one six right now. Right. And the very next week, the market, I mean, evaporated. <laughs> right. And it wasn't just that the subprime blew out. The builder went bankrupt, like literally overnight. And the bank that had the loan also went out of business overnight. The whole building was in probate. Nobody knew who owned it, right? And I was like, well, I'm so glad you didn't spend one six on something. Like you wouldn't even be able to move in right now. Like they, nobody can, like they can't close, yeah. like nothing, right? Well, flash forward like a couple weeks or months after that, like another builder had come in and bought it for like probably pennies on the dollar, right? Fixed it. And now the price per square foot was like at this unheard of low rate because they were just trying to move the units, right? And I went in and bought the damn unit for nowhere near at all anything like he, like they were asking for it like two weeks before. And I was so excited and I held on to it until like two years ago. And of course the market had returned and we sold it. And then, uh, you know, uh, after closing and having the Pierre David delivered, I'm standing in the middle of like a ginormous field looking at hundreds of acres of land and woods and looking at my real estate agent. And I was like, can you explain to me how I just turned a 1500 foot condo in Los Angeles? And, uh, <laughs> and, and that's how we you got here. About 600 acres. Yeah. Right yeah, here. yeah I mean, exactly. That's awesome for yeah. not being too far outside. You know, and awesome. I no longer have an HOA that bothers me all the time. It's you do not. It's like a win-win, really. I don't even want to yeah. talk about yeah. HOAs. <laughs> like, it's, it's, anyways. No, I mean, I mean, your land out here is awesome. It's it's great to come and hang out. Uh, Nick and I actually showed up a little bit early today, probably around 11. We got some barbecue in Elgin, which yeah, is nice. always great. Yeah. Um, and then we came out, and we just sat on the tailgate of the truck and just yeah. – just and now, out. and now and we're about ready beautiful. to have an epic, epic sunset. The yeah. sunset really is pretty epic. It's co- coming in the window. I had to put my sunglasses on yeah. well, <laughs> inside while we're recording. But you it look is cool, it like really. Cool. I'm a cool recorder, <laughs> you know. So, but no, I mean this land is is amazing. And Thank you. We appreciate you letting people on out here. And, oh yeah. Um, we start sharing the experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, go with, check out Hip Camp. We love that site. Yeah. yeah, hipcamp.com. You can find you can find Valkyrie Ranch mm-hmm. around uh, the Central Texas area. Yeah, just look for uh, anything in Page, Texas. So that's the best way to find us because they Hipcamp still doesn't let you search by like property name, um, which is kind of weird. Really, so oh, you have to okay. look for like location and then the dates you want to go camping. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, look near Page, Page, yeah. Texas. Hipcamp. You know, if you change that, it would actually help some of us that are. Doing a lot of camping. Come on, hip camp. Hint, we, hint, we, hint, hint. We know that the name of the pod, podcast has camp in it. Yeah. So maybe hashtag something. You could help. Probably, yeah. yes. I'm hashtag once again asking now. for your financial yes. support. Yes. <laughs> Come on, hip camp. Get with the program. No, but I think you're the only property around here in Page, Texas. So yeah. I don't think there's anything else out this way. Yeah, we have everything from uh, cabins and RV hookups to primitive camping. So, uh, you, to, you know, whatever your level of wanting to get out uh, of the city uh, is, we can pretty much facilitate it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's I, I, I like that you you're not like well you you you're here for Friday and Saturday and you have campsite H. Yeah, you're like, hey, welcome, have fun. Yeah, <laughs> and you're this parked on dope. a concrete parking space. Um, with your little bitty fire ring, and you can only use charcoal for your fire pit. Yeah. And the person next to you in a Winnebago has a gas generator going. 
Yeah. To, yes. You know. Yeah, we have the we have the RVers over there. We we do allow an R, like if we have RVers that want to come out and um uh you know get out with their RV, especially if they have an overlander and they're gonna run their gen during the day or like whatever, we're cool with that too. But for people that come in and they just want to plug into power and water and they're used to going to like RV parks, well we're not one, right? So we don't have a pad like for them to park on. We we have you know power and water hookups. Right. But you need to know how to level your RV and, and you're, you, you get to wake up in the morning with like antelope, like hanging out in your front yard area. I'd say it's worth right? the trade off. Yeah. It's kind of worth oh, the trade off. Yeah. No, totally. Or, yeah. Totally or my, or my second totally favorite are the, the communications that we'll get with, uh, well, what are your bathroom and showering facilities like? And we're like, well, we said we're a primitive camping location. And they're like, yes, but what about your bathrooms and showers? And we're like, the bring a shovel. Like, bring a shovel and uh, a, an outdoor shower. The amount yeah. is none. Yeah. The amount is none. None amount Zero. is what we have. So come and come in. Now, if you really want, we also have cabins with showers and bathrooms in them. So, yeah. But yeah. baby wipes can take you a long way, especially on a long trip. Um, well, on a nightly trip. Ba- a ba- Baby wipes are are fantastic. I think so. Um, you don't have to shower every day. No. Nah. Camping. No, no, no. If you're going into a meeting, I would suggest you probably know, the or morning on a date. I would suggest yeah. showering, but it's I don't know a, a lot of people guideline. that go on a date yeah. after four nights of camping. You know, well, I'm talk- going to go on my first date with this lady. Yeah. And, and talking about camping. dating, this shouldn't be your first date uh, unless you're both avid campers. Um, yes. It's always my favorite is to watch a. a a newish couple come camping for the first time, and we met on Tinder last how, night. See how far they can stress their new budding relationship yes. with, uh, you know, tent poles and cussing, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is that couple is always also the couple that shuts, shows up just after sunset. And you're like, oh, so you're a new couple, and you're setting up a tent that you just bought at Walmart for the first time in the dark. God be with you. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're yeah like, so my dad always told me you're supposed to take the girl out and the, give her the worst camping experience ever just mm-hmm. to see how she reacts. Not that this would be the worst. This would be awesome. But yeah. if she can't handle this, she's probably not a keeper. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? But if you can't handle setting up a tent, I mean, I'm sorry, but yeah, you really should. If you're going to buy a tent at Walmart or anywhere, I mean, any tent, even a gazelle, yeah. you should probably set that thing up at home first. Check uh, it out. Get on your camping mat that you just bought. I think, check it out before you I think you you're missing out. the point. It's supposed to be bad yeah. so that you can gauge whether she's yes. a keeper. Oh, I always go on like a really long road trip and I don't let the wife pee. <laughs> like at first, I said, no, we're going from Austin to Big Bend and you can't pee till we get to Big Bend. So let's see how this works out. I'm married now, so it, <laughs> it works great. Well. It works yeah. great. And we have, we, we have a great relationship. So, and, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's and you got to learn she has a large bladder. Congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> no, we actually well, just got, got done with a thirty-two hundred mile uh, honeymoon all the way up to Montana and back, and we hit what five, five or six different states, and only one bathroom, and only one bathroom <laughs> the whole time. That woman is vicious, and I'm not going on. Road My Tacoma is disgusting now. I was wondering why you never cleaned that truck. Uh, oh, there's no use. <laughs> it's gone. Um, but no, road trips and camping can really solve a relationship problem mm-hmm. or bring one out and fix something well, real, yeah, real it's either, quick. It's either going to solve one or make one. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, well, let, let's, put it, let's put it a different way. It solves it one way or another. That's yeah. a good way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, either way, the outcome is potentially positive. Yeah. 
I mean, it could be either you'd foster a great relationship or you could be like Neo, just dodging bullets. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, I, I could have been married to that forever. Yeah. Well, well, that, I don't understand why the, she's so angry. It was just a tent pole in her eye. Yeah. God graced you with a spare. You've got another one. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Got two. Well, this took, took a dark turn. Yeah. This got weird and morbid. So so with, uh, with the tent pole in the eye... Situation <laughs> happening. Uh, we we we've talked about. We've heard that you um, you make your own bows and your own arrows. Yeah, there's a lot of primitive archery that takes place out here. Uh, so I'm I, I'm pretty big into it. Um, and then uh, so we do a couple major archery matches out here. Some some actual national uh, matches are held out here during the year. So it's all uh, 3D archery. So you're getting to go hiking through the woods, which is part of why I like it so much. And then there's the 3D animals. Uh, that you have to shoot at, uh, and you get one shot per animal. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, and you kind of go around in a, like a foursome, um, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, so we hold uh, the IBO traditional Texas State Championship here, and we hold um, uh, a uh, longtime uh, trad shoot out here that that is a benefit shoot that we took over. It's like 38 years old now. Uh, we had to cancel, unfortunately, for COVID because we couldn't figure out how to run a match and only have, you know, between the the participants and the staff hosting it, you know, ten people on the property. Uh, unfortunately, the the pandemic rules didn't take into account how big your venue was. So it was like you can have ten total people in, in like six hundred acres. acres. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's so dangerous. I was like, still, if I sent them where's, off in ten uh, different directions, we won't find them again. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. think you understand. I think COVID yeah. got them. Yeah, there's like there's like miles the and miles and miles of trails. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so you uh, build your own, but yeah, you what, carve your own arrows and you carve yeah, your yeah. own bows? Yeah, I mean, I'll build, uh, we build our own arrows, uh, we build our own bows, uh, de- some what, of the competitions. What do you build out of, out of curiosity, is there a particular type of wood you It like? depends yeah. on the bow you want. So a lot of uh, American flat-style bows are built out of uh, a wood called uh, Yopan. Uh, or, I'm sorry, no, it's not. <laughs> it's built, built um, out of uh, Osage, uh, or Osage Orange, it's also called. Uh, and you find them all over the place uh, here in Texas and so forth. And we, the um, uh, conservation groups in the United States, after the Dust Bowl, used them a lot to build wind walls and windbreaks on farms because they grow really, really fast. But they're they're a, they're a native tree, and they're fantastic for making bows out of. Um, although sometimes you'll see us make bows out of like uh, Pacific yew, so we'll make more traditional English yew bows. Uh, out of those. Um, but, uh, we have native American groups that come out here all the time. And I swear to God, those guys will turn pretty much anything into a bow and hunt with it or, or go shoot targets with it like that evening. Yeah. That's really right. impressive. Do you use yeah. mesquite as a bow? Or is it um, too you, you can, uh, mesquite and hickory are, are used a lot. Oak as well. Uh, it, it depends on the bower and what they're going for. You're going to be going with a flat bow so that you can get bend into it. And, you know, we always like to tell people, you know, whether, you know, when they're new to that, you know, a wood, a true wooden bow only has so many shots in it. We don't know how many of that is, but it's going to let you know yeah. the day you draw it back when that's the last shot and the whole bow just tough. snaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A mesquite's a pretty tough wood. So, yeah. Yeah. That, I just got like this image in my head of me drawing a bow back and it just being like, snap. And snap. I'm like, well, we would build, we would build the bow You're going to put your eye you. out. <laughs> yeah, we build one big enough for you. Don't worry about it. We got some tall guys. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm a short guy. So, does know. it, does it, when it does fail, is it catastrophic or is it, it a nice, uh, slow kind of cracking? You I, I have seen morning? them be slow and cracking where the person's like, oh, and it just goes, and it kind of hinges. And you're like, oh, okay. That's good. And I've also seen, <laughs> I've also witnessed, scary enough, like, literally the person in the lane next to me at a, like a competition, like 
drawback and it's epically catastrophic. I mean, the bow explodes and shards of wood go everywhere. And they, of course they're like, ah, and they let go of the string and the arrow kind of dorks its way out there. And <laughs> dude, I've seen star Wars. Like, I've seen what happens to all they're in. And oh yeah. No, it's, it's <laughs> like, it, it, it can, it can be kind of anticlimactic or like a grenade went off. Like it's, it's one or the other. And, and, uh, different archers will handle it different ways. I've seen some archers just go, Oh, well crap. And like another archer, cause it's like a major competition and the, the archery community is pretty cool. We'll just be like, use mine. Right. And they'll just hand them yeah, another sure. bow. Yeah. Right. And I've seen other archers where that's happened, especially in a cat, uh, just, just an explosion of the bow. Uh, and they're like, Nope, I'm done. And they'll just walk off the field mm. for the day. They're like, I'm just happy. That's, I have my eyes traumatic. and stuff. Yeah, it is. And you're like, Doosh, and like all this wood is exploding in your face. Like, so, yeah. Every time I build a new AR, I'll take it to the range to zero it. And the first round I'm like, well, I'm I still alive. have all my extremities and my go. eyeballs, so I guess this is uh, a plus. I had a squib you, round you guys go might off one s- time, and it just <laughs> detonated and blew out the bottom. And, oh, and, and oh man! Is my girlfriend's first time shooting that ever. Turned her off. Um, I think, and certainly, definitely that gun. And she had been at a school shooting before, so she's like, "Nope." <laughs> I fixed it. I swear, time. it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's like the first time I I grew up in rodeo with my with my dad and mm. I rode horses all my life and yeah. I always I haven't ridden ride any out here. I haven't seen you on a single horse. Well, well we've I haven't done it in a very long time. I wanted <laughs> to ride Pierre, but um, yeah. and I'm fat now and it's hard to get up on a horse. We've uh, got, we've got step stools cause we have English riders oh, that come well, out here too. Well, you can just oh, step up the stairs. I like to ride English both on one side. Oh, oh you ride <laughs> no, side, totally side saddle. I'm totally kidding. Yeah. I like Western, but um, no, it's like the first time that I, I went to ride a bull with my dad. I had ridden a steer or two and I grew up in the rodeo, roped, all sorts of stuff. And my dad, uh, was on the bull right before me and the guy before him actually got a horn in his gut. Oh my God. Mm. My dad went down and got both his kneecaps stepped on Ugh. by both the back legs of the bull. And then they, were, they said, Tommy Pizer, coming up next. I said, nope, I am done. I'm going to go buy a guitar. Yeah. I like rock and roll now. This sounds really a lot was, safer. And that was the end of my rodeo yeah. career. The guy like, that got I the horn no. in the gut, he didn't pass away, did he? No, he didn't nah. pass away. Okay, because I just I was going to make a punny joke about it. Well, being, if you want him to pass away right now. I mean, no, I don't want him to pass away at he all. He just didn't want to be rude. Like yeah, I don't want to be rude, it, but like yeah. you know, I was going to make a punny joke about it. Well, that being a really horny situation. It was a very horny situation, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it's know, like dad. Even like even the can... actual dads at the table were like, yeah. So I've been, <laughs> I have been increasing my um, arsenal of dad jokes. Oh good, because there, my my wedding is approaching. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, there yeah. is an app for dad jokes. I, know. I can send it to you. Oh, I know. And it's great. There's a a whole subreddit for dad jokes, but I'm like collecting dad jokes to kind of prep. Well, I'll send you the app uh, because I drive down the highway and I like to, if I'm on the phone with somebody, just tell dad jokes on the phone. And I'm just going out to the middle of nowhere and I'm like, oh, well, this is is fun. I'm going to call this guy and just tell dad jokes for a couple of I mean, I guess I just have one last question for you. Tommy, or anyone, do you know what the Little Mermaid uses to wash her fins? It's so fucking obvious. Um, it's tied. Oh, oh Jesus! Oh, yes, God. that's yeah. the reaction you want. <laughs> that's the reaction. Where is oh. our drum set? We need the drum set. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go get a bottle of meat. Yeah. <laughs> and that wraps up this episode of the Chase the Campfires podcast. <laughs>
Bring your horses out, uh, just not your cattle. Yeah, and your dad jokes. Leave those at home. <laughs> Unless they're actually good. Yeah. Which that so, one wasn't. So where have you camped? What do you like to camp? Oh, what do you like to do as far as camping? Uh, um, well, funny enough, I literally am thinking about buying an Airstream right this very second. That's not camping. Uh, well, it's glamping. You want to buy, uh, buy a Jeep Rubicon? <laughs> do you need hookups? Well, so... so a previous marriage more or less convinced me to buy a BMW X6M, which is not at all the right vehicle for anything. Very nice car, though. Uh, but it's, it's very it's nice. Great. Yeah, it's a, a wonderful car. I love hey, it. hey, if you throw some KO2s on there, you never know what you can do. Oh, I mean, well, you can I, do some stuff. Apparently, BMW does sell a towing package. So mm-hmm. I got it all installed, and I went over, and my dad has an Airstream. It's a little too much tongue weight for that particular thing, so I'm going to get a, probably a smaller one. But... It looks incredibly slick, and I think it's one of those things you can just kind of take pretty much anywhere. Airstreams are so cool. It, it's a nice short package, and the vehicle is fun to drive around town. So, you know, you go to wherever you're going to go, and maybe it's a not really off the beaten trail, just kind of like exactly the, kind of this place. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got yeah, where you towing hookups, and you can park, and you can drive around town if you want to go get barbecue downtown or whatever, and come back. You know, just. You don't, you're not stuck in one spot, which mm. I, I really we, like. We even have smokers. You could just bring the meat and make wow, the barbecue. I mean, I kinda, yeah. well, like that sounds that. amazing. Yeah, Tom, like that. Tommy and I often talk about, you know, you saw the tent on the back of his truck. Yes, I so really like that design. That's how do you, Is it comfortable? Oh, it's great. It's I actually have my full sleeping bag, two pillows, a comforter, and six inches of foam in there to sleep on. And it's incredibly comfortable. Um, but if I park somewhere and set up camp... I have to go on foot from there because you don't just yeah, drive around with the tent open. Yeah. But but when you're going across the country and you're driving dirt roads the whole time, it is actually amazing to get in somewhere after driving dirt roads through a national forest or something through and the mountains. And you're there. And you're there. It's getting dust like it is right now. And you pull that thing open and you're set up. You're done. You don't have to pull stuff out of your vehicle, open up a sleeping bag, do a sleeping mat. You're done. And then in the morning, when you're ready to go to the next spot, you know, 100, 100 miles down the trail, you just fold it back up and you're on the road. How, how quick is that to set up and tear down? Um, the setup is probably less than four minutes. And oh, the wow. tear down is about four minutes, too. So Wow. Okay. I was um, picturing like and that's when half you get, an hour each. Well, you know? <laughs> no, that's when you get good at it. If it's your first time, like when it was my first time, I said, I don't know what I'm doing. Please don't hate me for this. I just really don't know what I'm doing. It's my first time. But then after you get good at it, you're like, oh, no, I can get this done in like three minutes. Tommy so. gets mad when I set up the gazelle for it. Well, I, I was trying gazelle. to reference something else yeah, yeah, in the process. But. The gazelle is a, is a ground temp, but it's a hook. I was just so impressed like you can stay up to three minutes. You, you, yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> I can't do that. Uh, you like well, lay it out, faster, it faster. unfolds, <laughs> and you just pull apart the sides, and it just kind of goes, and it just... Oh, the gazelle tents are amazing. It's so cool. Uh, so I really like that design. My only complaint is, at least in Texas, you have fire ants. Uh, so I kind of like the idea of being off the ground a little bit. I was worried about that. Oh, um, but the in, in the daddy long legs. I go to a lot of <laughs> spots that, that there's daddy long legs, like, everywhere. And I am the only tent, when everybody's in, like, a gazelle or a ground tent, I'm the only tent without daddy long legs on it. I'm more, I mean, the daddy long legs. I know they can climb, but they don't. Go onto a rooftop tent. I was worried about fire ants. Yeah, fire ants are a thing, though. Like, so what they, I like found they is hurt. they do hurt. They yeah. suck. Yeah. But like the <laughs> zippers for the doors are so high 
Oh. That like it doesn't really. Yeah, they're not going to come yeah. inside or anything. Like and like that. they compl- oh. like it's I haven't had a problem. Yet. And they can withstand what ninety mile an hour winds or something yeah. like that. I don't know. I don't want to be the one to test that. They're <laughs> shaped like an octagon, and they can really take some wind. If I'm getting, Wait, you're mi- talking about the ten. I thought you were talking about the ants. Yeah, I was, I was too. Yeah, for yeah, a I was like, oh yeah, no, the ants. <laughs> can't even blow the ants off. They stay there with eighty miles an hour. Hang on for dear life, little buddy. Keep holding on to the. To the windshield wiper. You get a bug on your truck and you're like, oh, it's going to fly off when I hit the highway. And you're on the highway and you're like, what the fuck? Just go, bro. Like, nature is here. Grasshopper on the windshield wiper and he's like, yeah. Just yeah. giving you the finger. He's like, nope. You're truck, like, dude, we're care. about to hit, we're about to hit Austin. There's no place for you to live. Yeah. 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 Well, Frank, thanks for having us. Absolutely, man. We, Thank you we guys love, for coming out. We really love seeing you guys it. out here all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And we will definitely be out here again, and we hope you guys come out here. Also, um, um, again, tell us where everybody can find you. Uh, ValkyrieRanch.com is the main website. Uh, You can also uh, book your camping through HipCamp. And again, we're located in Page, Texas. That's P-A-I-G-E. And Valkyrie is spelled V-A-L-K-Y-R-I-E for those not uh, savvy with the the Nordic words. And uh, yeah. So you can book through uh, through uh, Hip Camp, and or if you just like, sometimes you just call us, and we're happy to meet you and show you a campsite. And and for one more time, in case people missed it, where can people find your mead? Uh, Thorns Mead. That's T H O R I N S Mead dot com. Awesome. So, yeah, it's a very tasty mead. Amazing cider. Thank you. Um, and some amazing it's wine. The best cider I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't taste like water. It tastes like mm. actual apple juice, yep. like it should. Yeah. So. Um, Thanks for being on. Um, thanks for having us out. Absolutely. Looking we will, forward uh, to seeing you guys again out here soon. And for everyone listening, we will see you next time. Thank you.